everyone and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android Central and I have my lovely friends with me, Nick Cetric. Hi, Nick. We've graduated to friends. Yeah, I've just decided to like change that. <laughs> it's it, it's no longer guests. We're just going to say friends. Like that it's was, just That way was better. nice and subtle. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got Jerry Holden Brand. Hello, hello. Hey, what's happening? Not a whole lot. I just finished a really yummy noodle bowl and I feel satisfied. So I'm happy. And I've got Andrew Myrick with me. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Okay, so per usual, I have one million things I want to talk about this week. And we're going to start off with, I mean, it's not a fun article to read, (laughs) but it is a very fascinating article uh, that Nick wrote uh, about... Well, it got published literally like 21 hours ago. Um, The article is titled, My Phone is Making Me Sick and I'm Not Alone. Um, And essentially, it it kind of details his experience with PWM sensitivity caused by display flickering. Um, And I'm just going to hand it to you, Nick. You know, basically, explain to us what PWM sensitivity is and then Tell us, like, how did this all happen, and have you found a solution for it? Okay. So I think first thing I'll say is I don't wish this on anyone. I really hope <laughs> I hope this stays a low percentage of the population because it sucks. It really sucks. Do you know what the percentage of, of, like, getting something like this is? No, and based on research I've done, there is not a lot of research on this subject. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I've even seen, like, Complaints to the FDA didn't really start until last summer. Oh, wow. Uh, prominently. So this is fairly recent. Um, and I think a lot of it, of course, is just caused by the fact that more of us have phones in our face more often throughout the day than ever before, right? And Totally, totally. Part of it, too, is because a lot of phones now are using AMOLED displays. And one of the popular ways to dim an AMOLED display is by using what's called PWM. Um, Which is what, so wait, so just back us up for a second. So what exactly is PWM? What does it stand for? PWM is pulse weight, pulse width modulation. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And um, effectively, it means that your phone is strobe lighting in your face, right? So it's um, as you dim the screen, um, the display will be pulsing bright and completely dark. Oh my gosh. And the, the the lower the brightness slider gets, the more often it shows a dark display, right? And so this happens hundreds of times per second in the case of many AMOLED phones, 240 times per second. So for the most part, people don't perceive it because it happens so fast. And even though your eyes do actually see it, just like a lot of other things, you know, TVs, other moving images, your brain kind of melds that into one smooth image that you're seeing, and anything that might you know, interrupt your nervous system or bother it or whatever is usually rejected. Um, for people like me, apparently my nervous system decided it had enough strobing, and is now bothering me instead of rejecting the, the strobing effect. Um, and so, yeah, what's happening is that when I have auto brightness on, particularly when I'm in a dim room and the display gets really dark, that extra bit of strobing is making me feel uh, nauseous. It's making my eyes and my head hurt. Um, And I'm not somebody who's ever had a problem with light sensitivity. 
far as I know, I'd never had a migraine in my life. You know, like these, these are not things that I've ever had to deal with. How did you figure out that this was happening? You know, like, did you, did you notice that it was specifically happening after you were looking at your phone or like, and that's how you were able to sort of deduce that it was this? Yeah. So this started a few months ago, I'll say six to eight months ago, I would guess. Um, and it, it normally would happen when I was sitting on the couch playing games on my phone. Um, and typically it would be like, you know, Minecraft or Fortnite and that I would be on it for, I would say an hour or sometimes more. And I, I don't know about everybody else, but when I play a game on my phone, I have a controller on the phone and I hold it pretty close to my face. I hold it up at about eye level. I usually put a pillow on my lap so I can rest my elbows on it. Like it's right there in my face. Okay. So initially it was just my eyes felt a little strained. Um, I think it's similar to people who have are, you know, nearsighted or farsighted the first time they realize that. And they're just like, ah, you know, my, my eyes hurt bugging me. I'm 37 now. I don't, you know, I figure, well, I'm getting close to 40. Probably just need glasses. It's not a big deal. And then I started looking into this and I got my eyes tested. My vision's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. So at that point it was like, okay, well, that's not the issue. Uh, so what the heck else could this be? So I don't, I don't even remember how I started looking stuff up. I just started Googling things. Mm -hmm. And eventually I came to this and I'm like, huh, that's fascinating. And on a lot of displays, what you can do is turn auto brightness off, jack the brightness all the way up to 100%. And on a lot of AMOLED displays, that will turn off this PWM feature because at that point, the pixels just need to stay on. It doesn't have to do this artificial dimming thing where it, it cycles between bright and, and dark you know, portions of the display. It just leaves the pixels on. That doesn't help you, though, does it? Uh, it does. On, on displays that treat this, I guess we'll say correctly. Um, some displays continue to use PWM regardless. Well, they have to. Of, what? To, PWM is how they display color, too. Right, exactly. So I, it, it depends. I, I think a lot of this has to do with flicker rate. And this is the thing, like, I don't 100% know at this point. And I've talked to a lot of other people who are maybe a little more confident on this um, than I am as far as, like, yes, this is exactly how it works, and this is exactly the problem that's being caused. I, I feel like I'm still a little early in my research on this, even though I've been doing this for weeks, <laughs> just because I'm, there are so many factors. Okay, so here, here's the interesting thing. So I know you reached out to Samsung, because this was happening specifically with your, was it the S23? Was it was um, it that? It was actually the Fold 4 that I noticed it okay. with first. So you you did reach out to Samsung and Samsung came well actually didn't hasn't gotten back to you yet. I think they're still doing research and I know you're going to do an update article at some point once they get back to you. But I I really I would like to pose this question to you and to anyone on this on this podcast. The question that you ask in your article, um, Nick, which is I have to find the question because I just had it and I lost it. Okay, wait, hang on. It's okay. Okay. So here's the question. So why in the world aren't companies like Samsung Display aware of this issue and what's it going to take to change things? Um, so what is it like? First, first of all, like, I guess, like, why aren't they aware? And second, why, why would they not make a change? I, I don't know if at this point this is just being done because, you know, using PWM gives the screen 
better color accuracy. It makes it sharper. Like there's there are reasons to use this versus something like DC dimming because DC dimming can have the effect of making it a little bit soft or making the colors incorrect. Um, and you know that's that's not to to make a blanket statement of all display types and um, technologies, but it seems to me like that's probably the reason that companies are using this versus other dimming methods. Um, from what I can tell at this point, I don't think PWM is inherently the issue. It's the rate at which the flashing occurs. So. 240 hertz, even though that sounds like a lot when we're talking about display refresh rate, right? Like recently phones have gotten to 120 hertz display refresh rate, and that feels nice and smooth and great and all that, right? But this is the actual backlight portion, right? So this is done on a completely different layer, effectively, from what you are just seeing for the colors and, and the actual imagery on the display, right? Um, 240 is actually pretty low, and there are other companies like Huawei who their displays are like 1200, 1400, way, way higher uh, numbers, and you know, flashing way, way faster. So, people who are more sensitive to it don't have that problem on those displays. You know, of course, you're going to run into people who have migraines or other vision issues that might be susceptible to it, regardless of whatever the flashing rate is. Um, but I think that if these companies can add some sort of accessibility option in to uh, just raise that number, I think it'll help a lot of people. And I found that Motorola is another company who is using higher PWM rates on their AMOLED displays. And those are like 720 hertz or thereabouts, depending on the phone, right? A lot of recent Motorola phones have pushed it way higher. So I know it's possible. Um, and I don't know, I just, I, I think that's probably what needs to happen at this point is just at the very least giving people an option to raise that number, check a box that says, you know, make this more flicker free or something like that. I, I think there's a lot to this that we just don't understand. And, and why I say that is the fluorescent light above your head, it's on off time is 120 hertz. Right. So it is its duty cycle. It is completely off 50% of the time at only 120 hertz. Yeah. So and that doesn't I mean and it, it that does make a few people sick. But most people are fine with that. Sure. I I just I I think there's something we you know that science just doesn't understand what's going on here yet. Yeah. And I think that's why it's being used so widely because I imagine tests have been done, and most people don't get bothered by it, right? Yeah, it, it, and it's, you're you're one of the quote unquote lucky few. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently so. But yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say was lights do this. Uh, fluorescent lights commonly do this. So the thing is, I've actually seen it in fluorescent lights. Yes. Oh yeah. Anytime you video fluorescent light, you can see it. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it goes I'm, out of phase and it makes the downtime seem a lot longer. Yeah. Which, which I never knew what it was before, but now obviously after reading this article, I'm like, Oh, I guess that's what it is. But yeah. yeah and I didn't either. That's the thing. Like this is, to be honest, this is pretty much all brand new to me. Yeah. And I know I had a couple people that, uh, complain that I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, you're you're kind of right. I don't, and that's the problem, right? Most people have no idea this even exists, and I had to do a lot of research just to understand the very basics of this. Yeah, that's so. 
but it, it, it definitely exists. It's how you control the brightness and the color. And most companies that use AMOLED screens use this. And from what Nick is telling me, it seems like the higher the refresh, the easier it is on his eyes. And that's important stuff, you know, for anybody looking into how this phenomenon might work. That's that's important data. Uh, and I'm sure right. if that's how it affects you, it probably affects other people much the same way. Right. I just don't know what anybody can do about it except go back to superior LCDs that are so much sharper and so pretty and... That's what every phone should use. Screw this AMOLED crap. Yeah, and it's, I guess it's also interesting because I don't necessarily think that what Nick wrote about is like negative news, right? No, I think it's, it's just like it's a, thing. it's a PSA almost like this is what's happening. Right. I can't use noise canceling headphones. I get a severe headache within minutes and there are other people just like me. Yep. Very, very few of us. Yeah. So this is just a thing. That's not anything against noise-canceling headphones. It's against me using them. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And, I, you know, I think one last point that I wanted to make was it's not just AMOLED or OLED displays that are doing this um, because my I found out that the TCL TV that I use as a monitor, yep. which is an LCD TV, uses a 120 hertz PWM to do its thing it's so crazy and then of course the lg oled tv that i have for i guess a proper tv in my living room does not use pwm and a lot of oled tvs do not and i think part of that is because at least on the, the tv side of thing for oleds you don't have to worry about the power requirements as much as you do with a phone right and pwm is more power friendly than some other methods and, and the cost yeah. Yes, you, you, I mean there's there's so many reasons. That's the right. thing. This is such a complicated situation. It's not just like oh, it's just one one thing you need to change. Yeah, no, LG's not shipping. Fortunately, not. LG's not shipping 200 million 75 inch OLED television. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's in. It's well. I guess. I guess we'll see what 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 ends up happening of this. Um, I want to switch gears and I want to talk about a, a very interesting article that came out um, a couple of days ago. Um, it was titled on our website, um, The Godfather of AI Quits Google Fears Where Things Are Headed. Um, so this was an interesting article because the individual who left, um, his name is uh, Jeffrey Hinton. Uh, he quit his role at Google so he could more he could speak more freely about the dangers of the technology he helped create, which was artificial intelligence. He was a pioneer researcher. Um, and again, as I mentioned, he's a so-called godfather of AI. AI. Um, what I what, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because there's part of parts of this conversation that I agree with and there's parts that I disagree with. And I wanted to. And I know Jerry, I think he'll agree with me on, on one of those things that I disagree with, um, as in he'll also agree that we both disagree, <laughs> was what I'm, is what I meant I, by I that. object. <laughs> but, but essentially, so obviously, you know, um, Mr. or Dr. Hinton um, pointed out with the fact that we're, you know, steamrolling with AI at such a fast pace that there can be so many problems that come out of it. And we need to be a little bit careful about it all. And and here's the part where I agree with him, which is, you know, there are so many biases that can come out of AI. And yep. that is true, right? Like we as human beings, we're inputting all this code and language and information into a machine for it to learn. 
And if we're not aware of those biases and what they are, it can be problematic. But where I think his cause for concern could be is is this idea that like artificial intelligence is going to get so um, powerful that it will it will start thinking on its own. Um, and I disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do not agree with that at all, because like even at that level, you're still feeding in your machine information for it to be able to be as smart and almost human like. Um, anyways, I wanted to sort of throw this this whole notion out to you guys and, and kind of get your perspective. Like, what do you guys think of what Dr. Hinton is saying? I uh, absolutely I, I don't see how it could ever learn on its own. Uh, and that would be real easy to make it as an experiment, uh, build a brand new PC, install Google or Microsoft, Bing, whatever, and then come back to it in five years and see if it's any smarter. Don't don't feed it any information. See if it can learn on its own. It can't. It won't. Where do you think people are getting that notion from? Like this idea, like where is that coming from? Like who, who decide, who, who, who? <laughs> I just, are you an owl? No. Yeah. Who, who? <laughs> I, I think I just, Andrew is right, but not, I, I don't think that Dr. Hinton believes that AI can learn on its own. I think the way he answered an interview question makes it sound like AI could learn on its own and that's sensationalist as hell so that's what we're going to print in great big bold letters you know H2 font AI can learn on its own we're all doomed but I don't think that's really what he means or or anybody at his level of you know AI programming I don't really think that man I really I want to don't I just he can't think that it's impossible. He's too smart. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that's what he's saying necessarily. I think um, sort of the end of the article says it right. He, he said, look at how it was five years ago and how it is now. Right. Take the difference and propagate it forward. That's scary. And, and, and he's right there. And, right. And that's in relation to to the in significantly increased competition between Microsoft and Google, right, in the, in this case, and with chatbots. You've got one camp that says, be careful all the time. Sure. There's always and a camp. We, you know, and that's Google, and it's real easy to think, oh, they're only saying that because they don't want it to change their business model because they're making a you know, bank. Uh, and, and you've got the other side, which is Microsoft and OpenAI, saying, go, 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 go. And the... The right answer is probably somewhere in the middle. But I think I think both of those are part of it, too, because, you know, you look at how fast Microsoft has pushed this with Bing. Bing was what, like one percent of searches worldwide? whoop de friggin do. Nobody cares about Bing. But now all of a sudden people like Bing. People want to use Bing because they're doing something interesting and different. And I, I think Google is rightly saying you don't want to rush into this. This does not work the way you think it works. That's that's important. And it's going to interrupt their business model for sure. I think those are all facts, right? And they all do play into it. Okay, so again, though, but where is this coming from? Okay, and I want to draw a parallel to something that I keep thinking about because um, it, it just makes it very interesting for me to think about. So, um, and it kind of helps me wrap my head around all of this, which is, and the parallel is this. Um, so obviously, you know, 2007 rolls around 
and Facebook has launched and, you know, the first, you know, obviously we had MySpace, but like the first real type of social media platform was created. And then we started to see this rollout of social media platforms and what they what they were capable of. And initially everyone was really excited. And for several years, people were just gung ho about social media. And then 2016, 2016 happened. Cambridge Analytica, Analytica broke out and everyone started to see the dark side of social media. And I felt I kind of felt like there was this there's way there was way too much trust in social media when it first launched in the sense that like no one really saw the dangers of social media until it blew up in our faces. And I, I, I'm kind of seeing that happening right now where, and the only difference is we're starting to see people like Dr. Hinton come out and say, we need to be careful, but it's that like excitement around something that's finally tangible. Like we can finally see what AI can is capable of. And I think people are so excited about it and they want to roll with it. But I'm still kind of curious to know, like, where that's coming from, like coming from people with keyboards and a platform to write about it. Fair enough. (laughs) Jarvis and Ultron, Iron Man. That's right. Microsoft a little, OpenAI a little more, uh, you know, hype building. But the hype is coming from everybody who wants to talk about how great slash evil AI is. And. It's not, and it's not really new. Uh, in 1999, actually, I worked with AI to decide what color a tomato is. And on another note, it, that put people out of jobs. So that's true, too. Uh, you took a camera, and you looked at a tomato as it was rolling, so you got a... a a picture of the entire tomato, and a computer decided if it was red enough to sell. That's that's AI. Uh, it was mind-blowing because that's the first I've ever saw it. I think now we're seeing it at a level that all consumers have access to, and it's, yes. it's, it's just as mind-blowing. And everyone wants to, you know, read something about AI, and people that write about technology are... are following the trend and and maybe over sensationalizing something yeah and and i think also to to answer that question truthy it's just because we have like jerry said so much more consumer facing stuff that is is really just in our faces about ai recently and a lot of um it's it's not even advancements necessarily it it really is just like these things are louder than they were before because in previous years Google's added AI to Android, right? Plenty of times. I, I, I don't even remember what Android version it was that added the adaptive battery thing, but that's all AI powered. Uh, yeah. Even prior to that, look at Google Camera. Right, of course, yeah. I'm just thinking like that was the first thing that popped into my head was adaptive battery. But yes, absolutely. All their camera stuff, I mean, HDR+, all that stuff is AI, right? Like it all figures out what things are and tries to put them together in a way that you want to see. Do you know what? This just hit me. You know what's good about that, Nick? Nobody is saying that Google reads your emails to train its, you know, its AdSense anymore. Now right. it's AI is doing it and it's evil. Well, AI, I think I read, read, or, read or heard something that AI did a lot of uh, – ChatGPT used a lot of uh, Reddit – for its initial trainings. Yeah, that's part well, that's of the problem. problem. It's, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, for sure. It, it used the internet without a lot of curation. Yeah. 
and that goes back to Shruti's bias problems and, and other equally bad things. Well, shoot, you remember the Facebook chat bot from what? Four or five years ago, was yep. it? I, I can't remember if it was that long ago or not. But gosh, I think one of the first things that came out of its mouth when it was released to the public, well, I say mouth proverbially, <laughs> but, uh, you know, all all kinds of awful words. Or yeah. look at Microsoft's And I don't Twitter just mean bot. curse words. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what was it? Microsoft Tay. I always go back to that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what happens when you let the internet train your AI model. Right. Yeah, Google that one if you never heard of that. It's a uh, fun's not the right word. I'm not sure what the <laughs> word is. It's it's it's, uh, it's an interesting experiment, that's for sure. It's good that those things happened because that made sure somebody at Microsoft, we'll use them as an example, but Meta's the same, right? Saw what could happen, and and they try not to let that happen anymore. It's still happening, but at least they're trying. Yeah, and I know we joke about Hollywood, but you know, in in many ways, it's good that we have those examples so that we can go, yeah, we don't really want a Terminator situation, we don't want a Matrix <laughs> situation, so let's just make sure that we're not doing something stupid so that we get into that an accident. No, it's it's true. It's so true. Um, on that, n- well, it's not on that note, but on another note, um, it's always very interesting when we see two major companies that are rivals partner with one another um, to do something good-ish. Uh, so I want to talk about this next topic. Um, we wrote a news article about it. It's titled Google and Apple come together to tackle the AirTag problem. Um where in the sense Google and Apple agree that something really needs to be done. So essentially Apple and Google have announced a new partnership that aims to address unwanted location tracking. The companies have released a draft draft specification on best practices for companies developing location trackers. Um, Apple's AirTags and other location trackers have been criticized for allowing users to stalk and harass others. I think I feel like Jerry has a lot to say here, but I mean, on on first glance, like it's obviously very good that, you know, these two companies are um, addressing this issue because we we have heard some horror stories coming out of AirTags. The technology, it had to happen. Think, you know, if, if you know how it works, there you can be tracked by an AirTag without knowing you're you're being tracked. That means that it's going to happen. If it can, it will. And. I really think this is something that, uh, you know, if Apple didn't realize what it could turn into, the minute it happened, Apple should have started fixing it that day. And they kind of dragged their feet a little bit. Why Why did Why did they drag their feet? I don't understand. Because Apple know. doesn't want to work with anybody else. They want to have complete control. They don't want to partner with other companies for this kind of stuff. Maybe. In, Fair, in, but... I mean, the New York you... mayor was like, had that press conference the other day basically saying, why are you Why are you using an Android phone to begin no, with? No, no, no. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> that's not what he said. Yeah, it is. They said, what about Android in... in, in he meant why would it, when he said why would anybody use it? He meant why would you use an AirTag with Android? I hope that's what he meant. Well, I'm sure he meant that's the what other he thing, meant. And he sounds like uh, <laughs> something I don't want to say. I guess the question Asshole? is though. I I'll mean, say it. Yes, sure. <laughs> the question I guess is so you know Andrew. Obviously, you make a good point, which is that. Apple never wants to partner with anything, but Apple also doesn't ever want to look bad, and it doesn't want to put out faulty products. So. And we've seen this in the past when, you know, we've seen breaches take place or like a, a bug that has caused cybersecurity concerns on iPhones. 
Apple's the first to respond and they put out a notice immediately or they put out a fix immediately. Like they are very quick to respond because they care about the level of their phones, their devices, the quality of it. Like they do not want to lose faith of their customers. Um, but I don't like, I don't think I would agree with you on, on this circumstance. Like, I don't think that was like, I, I feel like there's a bigger reason for why Google or rather Apple didn't respond to this sooner. Well, two, two things. Apple only tells us after they fixed it, right. uh, it, that, you know, a cybersecurity issue might've went on for months and months and months and affected millions of people. Right. And we hear about it once it's fixed, which is a, a whole different problem. But wasn't there a lawsuit about this very issue and Apple was named as the defendant? There have been, if I remember correctly, there have been quite a few okay. class action lawsuits about air tags and privacy problems with related to it. So that that's a, a you know, a big push to get a company to fix something is if they're getting sued. You know, I don't know. I'm just glad it's happening, to be yes, honest with you. It's about yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's it's definitely long overdue. As soon as the first like in person report came out that somebody got ta- tracked, yeah, with an air tag, this should have been top priority. And it's been what three years since the air tag came out. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. originally wasn't it the the first issue I heard about anyway, an Apple user that got tracked without knowing one was in the trunk of her car. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they had to yeah, make it Yeah. So they they had to make it so the iPhone would tell you if there was a an air tag not assigned to you in your vicinity. Which 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 also confused me. It seems like it was a big oversight. Yeah, that like, was. That should have been something that Apple delivered for a package, like a, a a tracking device should have been a day one feature, if you want to call it a feature. Right. Yeah. I I don't I don't even. It is crazy. It really is crazy that it took. This More importantly, long. I mean, it, it it it's great that every that, that Google and Apple and in the. The post that Derek wrote, he also says Samsung, Tile, Chipolo, Eufy Security, which is a whole other thing that I don't not going to get into. And then another company called Pebblebee have, quote unquote, expressed support for this. So it's good to see that Apple and Google are leading the charge and other companies are coming along because there are these trackers pretty much everywhere. Well, didn't I forget the name of it? Some domestic violence group you know national level group started raising a big fuss maybe that pushed apple's buttons too i don't know everybody makes a big fuss about everything nowadays it's hard to keep track i'm gonna try to find (laughs) apple's announcement and see it's true it's true okay well thank you apple for finally doing something and partnering with uh google on that we appreciate it um we don't want any more people to suffer okay the national Um, network to end domestic violence that's the they've been pushing Apple and and since day one, right, okay. right, right. So uh, you know, yeah. Too bad it took something like that if that's what it took. But at least yeah. the progress is being made. Right. At least the progress is being made. Exactly. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we have more goody goody stuff to talk about. We'll be right back. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. 
Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's powerful hiring platform can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data in the U.S. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because let's just face it, you want to be able to find the right candidate for your job. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ACP. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, I don't know why I decided to talk about this now. We should have talked about it like after we talked about the godfather of AI. For some reason, I decided to put it here, but we're going to talk about it now. So uh, Samsung decides to ban staff from using chat GPT and similar AI tools on company devices. I find this very interesting and I wonder like... Okay, well, let me read the news. Okay, so essentially Samsung's memo to employees spoke to spoke on the company's ban on the use of generative AI in the workplace. Uh, the Korean South Korean OEM discovered a critical accidental data leak by an engineer who uploaded data to ChatGPT. Employees are banned from using ChatGPT and other AI chatbots on company-owned devices. Doing so against the ban will result in being fired, which is Good. intense. Um, but okay, yeah, let's let's talk about this. What what do you guys think about this? Um, do you think Samsung did the right move here? And maybe Jerry, you can explain to me how this can be a problematic thing. Cause I, I don't think I fully understand. I, because we think in terms of the smartphone, right? The devices means your, you know, work computer that you're working to code secret new oh, features into your okay. next phone and you're using chat GPT to look over your freaking code. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's what happened at Samsung. And uh, you know, they should have took that dude out and drawn and quartered him, uh, but I'm glad now you're fired. If they catch you doing this stuff. <laughs> Oh, it's oh funny because I was going to say that's actually pretty ingenious to be like, hey, let me let me see if this passes the AI test no, to see if it see if it can find the, out the problem. But there's a time and a place you, you stack overflow or, you know, something like chat GPT to look over code that's not important. <laughs> right. If it's a big time company secret that you're not allowed to share with anybody, anybody includes some random website created by open AI. And that's what this dude did wrong. It, that was dumb. I say, dude, that's my bias. It may have been a very smart and very unemployed female engineer. Yes. Non-binary something. But whoever did it, it's, a, it's, it's just dumb. Well, I think it's kind of funny that shortly, I think it was right after this report came out. It might have been right before it actually, the report actually came out. ChatGPT made it so you can give you more, gave you control over the data. So now you can yeah. decide yourself if you want to save it. 
it automatically if it says unsaved ch chats will be deleted from our systems within 30 days on the on the toggle you can delete your account you can export the data that you have in the like the any of the inputs and uh, prompts that you receive back or anything like that i wonder if it's like open ai samsung said hey what the hell and open ai is like oops our bad yeah because it's it's samsung's fault that an employee uploaded data to open ai it's open ai's fault that somebody else was able to access that data so samsung probably said hey this 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 doesn't work. You you're partially responsible for this. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Meanwhile, Bard, I, I'm looking. I just pulled up pulled it up on because I have access to it. You can. It's automatically set to auto delete if it's older than 18 months. Uh, but you also have the options for three months or 36 months. But Google also lets you manually delete your prompts in the main interface. Like if you want to save some, you can you can save some. You don't have to automatically have it deleted. Eighteen months is entirely too that long. Is a Get in there. Long time. And, yeah, and I don't changes. know why it would be. I don't. The, I I don't. I hadn't looked at it till now. Like eighteen months when you have an option for three months is very weird. That is very strange. Right. The, the default should be the shortest amount of time, and you have the option to definitely. Um, but Google wants that data. Yeah. So. Of course. That's what it is. It wants a train bar. Right. So. And and I know I've seen uh, like when when Bing Chat GPT whatever Bing GPT came out, um, I saw lots and lots of Twitter threads where people were like, oh check out this time where I tried to fool this thing into telling me this thing, and they would fool it and then they try it again and it, it, I don't I would I don't want to say it would learn, or at the very least it must have raised a flag and somebody fixed the hole. You know what I mean? Right, and I I've seen a lot of changes get yeah uh, happen very quickly overnight when yep. somebody does something there's, they're not supposed to do on those things. So there there's definitely somebody at at OpenAI that's ah fix this now. Yeah, they, they are it. very highly monitored. There is zero doubt of that. Has to be. Yeah, I was watching the. I mean, it, it, go ahead. At one time, it was super duper easy for ChatGPT to teach you how to build a bomb out of fertilizer. You can't, you know, I'm not going to say that information shouldn't be available <laughs> because I like the free sharing of information. But I, if I owned a company, I would not be wanting to disseminate that information to the Internet at large. Yeah, you don't want to be liable for that. Oh, my God. Well, anyways, um, I'll, I'll just be very honest. I, when I first, I didn't, first of all, I didn't even read this news article um, <laughs> fully. So when I read that, <laughs> when I read the headline, I just thought Samsung was being really petty and was like, we're not going to we're not going to let anyone use Microsoft stuff. We're going to use Bard. If you want to use an AI tool, you can use Bard, but you're not allowed to use ChatGPT. I think I think Samsung's cozier than with Microsoft than it is Google. Okay, whatever. I listen. I just thought Samsung was being petty. The, the okay? difference, and I, I think I'm just saying, if Bard is allowed, I don't know that it was mentioned, but I I, I don't see why they would let you use one and not the other. But if so, Bard's tied to your Google account and it's encrypted and it's not shared with anybody else unless you mm, post it to Twitter. Yeah, that's a good point too. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll find out what happens next um, with Samsung and all of this. Um, okay. Well, I want to move on to um, a lot of Motorola talk because this week seems to have been the week of Motorola on our website. 
Um, and we're going to start off with, <clears throat> well, I was going to, I didn't know which one to start off with, but I think we're going to start off with this article because I want to save the best for last, which we'll talk about it in a bit. Uh, but Nick, you wrote several articles because you got to go to Chicago um, and you got to, you know, speak with Motorola and learn about some really cool things. And you wrote this fantastic editorial titled Motorola finally remembered how to make good phones again. Um, Moto got its mojo back. I love it. <laughs> Talk us through this. Tell us uh, everything. I know you, there's some things you can't say, so um, let's be careful. Sure. That. Um, okay. So I would say that Android Central has been very critical of Motorola in the last uh, maybe three years. I'm not sure how long it's been. Motorola has done, uh, feels like it has been on a downhill slide for a while now, right? Anywhere from budget phones to flagship phones, it just feels like the, the company kind of cashed in its name and kept rolling with it, right? And I, I think last fall was when I felt things sort of shift a little bit, um, you know, and and... I feel like to Motorola's credit, they kept sending us review phones, even though we would generally not give them very good scores. Um, and so I got another Motorola phone, and I'm like, all right, here we go again. It's probably going to be another two-star phone. And I started using it, and it was actually good. This was the, the Motorola Edge in the fall, okay, not the Edge Plus. And since then, that's pretty much been the case with all the phones we've gotten. The only exception is the one that uh, Derek reviewed back in January, the Moto G Play. But every phone since, uh, like I said, the Edge last fall has been good. And like they're worth buying. Um, they've even, and I know Jerry will laugh at this, but they've even improved their update promises, which, I mean, there basically was no update promise before, right? Well, they were the worst. I mean, so, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't think there was really much of anything before. So now on a lot of the, the cheaper phones, like 200 bucks, you're going to get one update and three years of security updates. Um, I think that's bi-monthly. I don't think that's every month. So, or maybe even quarterly. I can't remember what it is. But, you know, for a phone that's 200 bucks, I'm okay with that, right? Like, these are not high-margin devices. They're not making $600 to continue to develop the OS for the next five years. So, like, that seems reasonable I, I want to give them a little credit here, Nick, because of what we talked about, you know, about this between us. I went ahead and looked it up for Google to say you're compliant. It's four times a year, every three months. Yeah, so that's that's what they are doing right now with those is sort of the bare minimum, right? Right. Which... I think in this case, I'm okay with bare minimum for, again, like $200 phones. Agreed. Because for the longest time, you know, the the best $200 phones were these Chinese devices that would never see one update ever, right? And then when, when companies like Motorola started making decent phones at that price and they weren't doing the same thing, I think we got a little more uh, critical of them because it, it didn't feel like... They had the same reasons for not updating them. You know, they don't they don't have as many markets to cover, um, whatever. You know, wh whatever reason you want to insert in there. And now that they've sort of responded to that by doing this, plus now now the premium phones are uh, on the OnePlus side of things or on the Google side of things, where you're getting three full updates, you're getting four years of security updates. Like they're they're way way better. And now for those, I haven't had one for long enough to be able to say that they 
have come through on that. So we'll see. We'll see. If you own a Fairphone, you get like 46 years of updates. Right, so exactly. But we can't really use them in the U.S. So again, it's like, dang it. Please bring your phones to this country, <laughs> please. Yeah, we just, I think part of this too, part of the reason that I'm really excited about this, not just because I have liked Motorola in the past and I want to see them do better again, but it's because in the U.S., how many options do you have? You basically got Apple and Samsung, right? Most U.S. customers just well, have those I, two. You're, I don't, I don't necessarily. This is the. the I was going to ask this question when you were done. Yeah. Talking about Motorola, um, which is that, you know, how much of a difference is this really going to make? Because, and and I'm speaking specifically with the North American market. We know that the major competition is still going to remain as Apple and Samsung. Um, and Motorola doesn't really even... Hey, they're number three. Like it, sure. Yeah, but like it's 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 number three <laughs> in the sense that like... number three, but... <laughs> yeah, it's like the very distant number three, you know? And so my question is, it's like, what's the... Well, I guess I should even be asking, like, is Motorola even catering to the North American market? Like, I feel like maybe they're not even, that's not even their prime. Like, I feel like. I, I think it is specifically because they're doing well here. I, I think if we weren't seeing them do as well as they are, then maybe maybe they would focus more internationally. Um, and, you know, we have seen releases internationally that don't come here. We've had two Razer phones at this point that have not been in the U.S., Right, that's so true. So it's not that's like true. that's unprecedented. And there are plenty of other phones that they don't bring here. Or um, in the case of one of the phones I have in this article, because this is sort of a roundup and, and a couple of hands-ons with what I saw last week, right, in this in this article. And one of them was the, the new Edge Plus, the 2023 version. That's based off of the... And i got to scroll down to it. I can't even remember the name of the phone. <laughs> the, the Moto Edge 40 Pro. There we go. Sorry about that. Um, and it's basically the same phone, right? The difference is there's a larger battery in this one, and then there's some other stuff in the software side that's geared more towards U.S. consumers. Um, and then they added a few new camera features as well. But there have been plenty of phones like that where they just don't release them in the U.S. Um, and I think seeing the numbers that we're seeing from them, and hopefully with this push, that will make a difference too. Because like they grew another 14% year over year, and I mean, you know, I, I think all of us would agree based on the portfolio they had, that's actually very surprising because I don't really know. Well, was that U.S. That, this is U, These are just U.S. numbers. Um, okay. this, I, actually, I'm sorry. These that's are a, North America yeah. numbers. Well, sorry, Truthy, North America. It's mostly U.S., US yes. But America. <laughs> yeah. there, there are at least yeah. two other countries in that equation when we add the word North America or, or you know, the term North America there instead of U.S. Right, uh, right. Uh, uh, America's basement and America's hat. That's what those two yeah. are. The hat is the most important part of it all, though, so it must be real. The hat makes the outfit, um, right? There you go. Yeah, well, again, we've got some good hats in Canada, eh? Yeah, you have to wear them nine months out of the year. Nine. <laughs> Try 11. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Um, I was actually thinking about the Mountie hats because they're, they're pretty stylish. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Oh, well, good I, I want to go back to something Shruti brought up about are they catering to North America? I think in a way that they are, especially the, the budget segment, but I don't know why. 
if you the, go, that's the question that's what i want to know yeah, because like if, if, what but, what is what is motorola's motivation yeah if you go to brazil and i think it's nigeria somewhere somewhere in in you know sub-saharan western africa where you know it's a little bit more populous motorola is the king the bomb everybody uses it everybody loves it uh, why are they not catering to those countries building great budget phones more of them more models different features and saying you know screw those americans in their hat they don't want us so I, you know, that's how i would do it maybe they are and we just don't really cover it <laughs> maybe uh, yeah i mean i don't anyways i i think the the point that i'm thinking about all of this is just you know especially reading this article nick you're obviously very excited about it and i am too i mean it's always good to have like new competition it's always really nice to to have that in the mix but like is it really going to make a difference and i i i feel i don't necessarily feel like it's going to it it is it is too soon to be sure but i do think this will make a difference and and i think it could potentially give us a viable I hate to say a viable third tier option because really Google has great, you know, other options in their pixel line. But that's still a very small percentage of the market. Right. And when we're talking about like just the two big ones, Apple and Samsung, nobody's even close to the, the numbers they ship. Right. So seeing a third player come in with at least fairly close numbers, even if it is only a third of the numbers, that's still a third. That's a decent chunk. Right. That's not a small amount. 17% year over year is a big deal. Right. So... Especially the, the, with last year's smartphone economy. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, with last year's offerings from Motorola, I mean, they just were not good. <laughs> they really were like some of the worst they've ever made. So I'm hoping that... I just don't know if this is how you fix it, Nick. I don't know. If, if, you, if, if you're Motorola, do you think you can sell a phone that costs as much as the cheaper iPhone or a cheaper Samsung phone? Do you really think customers are going to pick your phone? Apparently they do, but what do you think? Uh, no, and that's actually part of what we were saying last year too because like the Edge Plus last uh, spring was $1,000 and the thing was like IP52 yeah. and the camera was not good. You know, it's just like there were a lot of things like that where it's like why, why would anybody ever choose this phone at this price when you have Apple and Samsung over here, much less Google or some of these other players that are a little bit cheaper. Thousand bucks will buy you an iPhone right. 13. Think about yes. that for a minute. Would you buy a Motorola Edge, whatever number, blah, blah, over an iPhone 13 unless, you know, if you aren't some diehard Android nerd? Very unlikely. What if you switched that question up and posed it towards, like, compared it to the Pixel? If, if like, this, you know, Lenovo ThinkPhone was priced with its flagship specs price at the same cost as the pixel 7 pro does that change your argument it, it would if it would if you could like your opinion yeah if you could find it in a carrier store it would and i know verizon exists and verizon is by no means small but they're less than a third of you know far less than a third of north america but less than a third of the united states's cell phone market Right. So you got two thirds that will never ever see a pixel. Yeah. Fair. And and this definitely has wider reach than that. Um, I really like what I got to use of the Edge Plus. It it genuinely felt like a great Motorola flagship, which is are, are not words that have come out of my mouth in years. 
Um, and I think in this particular lineup, the one weird thing to me and to a lot of other journalists in the room at the time was both of the cheaper models do not have NFC still. And I personally, I don't care. Okay. I don't ever use NFC. I don't use my phone for mobile payments. It's not relevant to my life as an individual. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, why? That's the first time I heard it's that. It's super interesting. <laughs> Motorola's bottom line, they can that that phone is 50 bucks cheaper because it doesn't have a $3 NFC <laughs> right. receiver in it. Yeah. That nobody's going to use. Nobody that at, at that price point is worried about and NFC. And that was in their exactly phone. what Motorola said. In nicer words, slightly more, you know, diplomatic words, but yes, they they said yeah. We've done our research, and at this price point, we've found that consumers do not care about NFC. That's that's almost verbatim what they said. I I, I think I wrote it down, but I don't have it. Yeah, with me. because again, as we as I mentioned in the chat when you asked this question to everyone, um, and Michael, who's not on this who's not on this podcast with us this week, agreed with me. Is I've used NFC more as like an emergency thing. Like if I forgot my wallet or right. if I left it in the car, which is like so rare, I don't think it's as popular as people think it is or Google or. I, I feel like it's a, it's, it's either, at least in the US, I feel like it's a tech bubble thing. People in the tech bubble are all like, well, of course we use NFC. Why wouldn't you want to use that? I feel like some wonderful, beautiful Indian lady wrote an article on Android Central about NFC payments and who uses them and who doesn't. I did. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a tech bubble thing, and we all use them. We all love them. We all have high-dollar smartphones. The rest of the world, eh. Yeah. It's a thing, I guess. And, you know, I don't use it primarily because I still can't guarantee that I can pay that way. If I go to a gas station, I swear, nine times out of ten, the gas station only has a, a chip reader. Mm, and sometimes they don't even have that right like i've still been to gas stations recently that you got to swipe the card so i don't want to go over there with my phone and be like oh i can't pay for gas because i'm screwed you know i'm just not even going to bother with that yeah (laughs) yeah no it makes sense it's super interesting uh i guess we have to revisit this conversation because oh i know if i was gonna say i'll tell you what i swear if if samsung just left mst in their phones i would have been using samsung pay and never looked back so there's that. No, don't say that. That you don't. I'm just telling you. I, and I would have your credit card number. I'd just buy it off the dark web. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. I, back to NFC. Just one thing. Every dollar that Motorola saves by not including a feature like that is a dollar they put into R and D. That's why it's important. Good for them. Good for them. Um, okay, this has never happened uh, in the podcast histories conversations um i accidentally picked up a topic that we already spoke about last week um so we're gonna do something on the fly guys which is um i want to just do a really really very 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 quick short conversation about what we are hoping uh to see at io and let's try to avoid you know talking about what we've heard in terms of rumors i mean obviously there's there's things that you're gonna bring up but Let's just go around the table and say what we're excited about and what we kind of hope Google does. Um, and and this is what I mean by that. So I'll, I'll start it off by saying I really hope that this time around in I.O. Google actually presents 
a not so boring event. Um, because I think that's a complaint that a lot of people have had. I, I don't necessarily think my, my wish will be fulfilled, but I think um, we've seen multiple times in the past where Google will put on a presentation and it's almost matter of fact, and it's it, it doesn't make sense to me. And I know we're going to be hearing some news about hardware. We're going to be hearing some news about Android 14, hopefully. And I really hope that Google takes specifically the hardware side of things a little bit more seriously this time. So that's what I kind of wish for. I will hand the floor to whoever wants to tell me their wish list for what they expect and hope for on May 10th. Pixel friggin' fold. (laughs) And I know Andrew's (laughs) going to say the same thing, but Google just teased it today on Twitter for May the 4th. They said May the 4th. 10 minutes before we started. Yeah, ten minutes before we started, I was like, "Oh, we please, please, can we talk about that?" I just wanna, I just wanna gush over this one picture that we have of this thing, and it looks so nice. It looks so nice, way better than any of the mock-ups I saw. I feel like it really just looks. Great. Yeah, and I mean, I hope that this this little tease that Google decided to give us, I hope that's an indication of Google being serious about their hardware lineup and Come on. where they're going with it. I, Google's I think gonna so. screw this up so bad. Okay, Jerry's wrong, but they did this. I think somebody had a bigger leak. I don't know how you, how I, somebody had something else, I feel like. So Google, because it's less than a week until I.O. Yeah. Yeah, but this is, but Google's done this before. Remember that? What was it? I can't remember pink, which device the Pixel it was. 6. They did yeah, it with they a tablet literally just last year. They presented it on their, in their store. Like people could go by the store, the store in New York and it, the phone was already there. Yeah, that was, that was the six because it got leaked for like four months. Yeah. So this isn't but that was, new. That was more than a week before yeah. IO. This is six days before. Yeah. The timing is interesting. So I, it just feels very, yeah, it just feels like very, somebody tipped, somebody forced Google's hand on it. Or maybe they didn't, and Google was just waiting till the fourth to do to be punny. Yeah, it could could be. I don't know. I, maybe I kind of feel like they should have just saved this for I/O. I feel like it would have made a big bigger impact. But no, but uh, you know, maybe not. Maybe no, not. but Nick, I again, I don't even think it would because remember when they when when they announced the watch, which was again, this is similar to the watch. It's the first in their lineup of these type of devices. Yes. And they made it such a matter of fact thing. Like, here's the watch. Here you go, guys. You finally have it. And now I feel like Google's doing the same thing with the fold. It's like, you guys keep talking about it. Here you go. (laughs) Like, it's just interesting. Yeah, this, this is a hype machine. I don't think it has much to do with the big leak. It's a week before I.O. Yes. Everybody's expecting to hear or see Pixel Fold at I.O. Well, boom, here you go. Now you know what's up. Pay attention next week, guys. That's that's what I see. Right. Here. And and I, I will say this, right? Like previous year's I.O., I can't say that I've been real excited about I.O. before, right? Like last year was the first time when we started getting those Pixel Watch leaks and we were leading up to it. It was like, oh, my gosh, I.O. might be really good this year, guys. Like. Oh man, and then mm-hmm, you know, aside mm-hmm. from you saying that the presentations were a little, little dull, the actual content was very good. Like I really liked what we mm-hmm, saw, mm-hmm. and this year it feels like it's going to be even better as far as what we see. Like we're we're expecting several major things from this company, and it really historically, this has been like a coding and maybe like a couple new Andro- Android features are announced type of event. So 
this is turning into something way bigger and way more interesting and exciting than it ever was. And I love that. Again, this is why I was saying earlier, like, I just hope, especially with what you just said, Nick, I just hope that that Google takes that seriously because this year could be the year that Google is finally taken seriously. Does that make sense? Where we finally see a company who is taking their hardware seriously and taking artificial intelligence seriously um, and really being cohesive as a, as a company. I feel like this is their year, you know, style and stuff. I feel like a lot of their products recently have really nailed that Google style. Like you look at a pixel seven pro and a Pixel Watch, yeah, and these things feel like they go together, and that's never been the case for Google stuff. And I guess I'll throw Pixel Buds in there as well, right? I, I just looked in my email, something really interesting. Everybody bring up that video and watch it real slow and tell me on, on the, the frames where you see the front of the device, down at the bottom, does that say Verizon? Oh, are you are you trying to say that it's going to be exclusive to Verizon? Oh God, I hope not. I, no, I'm not trying to say anything, except the person that emailed me said it's coming to Verizon confirmed. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that says Verizon or not. That but. is not high resolution enough to to say that. I, I mean, know it's I like just, a jumble of you know, pixels. No, this no, is the internet you know what, Jerry? talking. So go I ahead and feed there. that into an AI and let us know what it says. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I really Google's going to be really serious right. about har- hardware, blah blah blah. Except this device has not been authorized as required by the rules of the Federal Communication Commission or other Which regulators. Means this is not coming this out device, next week, is what it means. Right. This is not coming out for months and months. No, and also I do not think that Google would no that's not put it exclusive to one carrier like if they're going to announce something so yeah I now don't that think you that have me looking the at like, the screen sounds... right on, on this teaser every little date thing says Thursday the 4th so this was planned May the 4th yeah this was not this was not oh guys there's leaks we gotta respond no yeah, it was not that that's also something they could they could they could change that this they could have done that this morning or last night I mean this doesn't look like they spent five minutes on that's it. That's not if you go on the if you go on the website, Nick, Nick, if you go on the website and you look at the open when the screen is open, it says Thursday, February fourth. February fourth. Oh, I hate you. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> The You're front says May for 4th, me. the inside says, yeah, well, it was dumb, so. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm going to look at the last one and see if it says anything oh different. Oh, boy. Oh, February. boy. Oh, it's a better resolution video I'm pretty on sure. the website. Yes, it is. I'm pretty sure the last but part But that still doesn't say Verizon. It is very hard. That, All right, that well, doesn't anyways, say Verizon guys, at the bottom. Stop as it. we try to figure this out, um, can you guys think and tell me what your favorite thing for the week was <laughs> as I changed I the topic. You, Jerry and I didn't even tell you what we were excited about. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, we're, ah, you look at that. I, I ruined it. No, ah. you don't even talk. You don't even I talk just, when it's necessary. Okay. Just say, say what you got to say. What are you excited about? I want to see Google do something with Bard to the point where okay. to, to improve the, the customer facing experience other than uh, just having a website for it. That's what I would, I would like to see them taught. I don't, I'm not expecting it in Android 14. I'm not expecting any kind of widget to appear. I, I just want them to explain, tell us what they're doing for the future with it. Cause Microsoft today announced that OpenAI is implementing plugins into Bing 
and that's coming soon. Bing is moving forward very quickly. ChatGPT is moving forward even faster. I want to see I want to see Google's response with Bard. How they're I going don't to... necessarily I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing if if Google doesn't announce anything, right? Like No, I'm, I'm not saying it's a I'm not saying it would be a bad thing, but it's I would like to hear them talk about it besides press releases. But but here here's why I think it's not a bad thing that they haven't talked about it, but also that they're going at a slower pace than Microsoft is it's that age old saying of like, don't put all your cards out and let everyone see what you're, what you're, what you have to offer. I feel like Microsoft is doing that. And I almost feel like it's going to, it's they're shooting themselves in their foot by, by putting everything out on the table. Whereas I think Google is being a little smart in the sense that they are being slow and and calculated and really trying to like determine what needs to be announced and what doesn't need to be announced. I mean, I agree with you. I hope that they can spell it out a little bit more what their plans are, but I don't think Google is going to tell us exactly what they're going to be doing. That I, is, I think they will. I think they'll tell us something. Just because Bing's doing Bing's doing so much stuff. It would be. I would honestly, genuinely be shocked if they didn't do. If they didn't say something about really, it. Really, I wouldn't. But I guess we'll have to find out. I would like to see two things, and they're both involving AI. I would like Google to talk about Bard too, and to talk about why they're going slow and why they think that's a better approach. That needs to come from the horse's mouth on stage for everyone to see. Yeah. The other thing I'd like is show off the pixel fold and AI in that sexy British woman's voice says, kill all humans, kill all humans. Just that, would, that would be great. Oh, my God. Dr. Henry was right. We're this all going to die. We can't have nice hey, things. Hey, we wanted entertainment, right? Oh my That's God. it right there. There's the entertainment. Well, and Google used to make jokes. Oh, my God. Why can't they do it again? Because they're scared. They do. They're just, they're just bad. <laughs> they're scared they're to make too scared jokes to anymore. Now. Yeah, they're... Good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Google was untouchable for two decades, okay? Literally untouchable. So they're at the point now where they actually got competition, and it's like, oh, we can't we can't be fun Google anymore. we got to be serious Google now. Well, that's also part of why I want to see their response, because they haven't had pressure put on them like this, public-facing, at least. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but how does this pressure convert into dollars? I know there was that kerfluffle with investors <laughs> when when they showed off their AI, which it wasn't because it got something wrong. It was going to be down anyway because investors were afraid of what that was going to do to search income. Uh, other than that, how has anything Microsoft's done really affected their bottom do- dollar? It, it doesn't seem to have yet. This is mindshare. You know, we it's haven't seen any share. evidence. Yeah, yeah, no. not money. And and that's the thing. Microsoft really, in this particular niche, has not had mindshare. Exactly. Market segment or whatever the heck we want to call well, it. Well, I right? mean, mindshare is the first step to Absolutely. monetization. Yeah, and, and now that you have, I mean, I, I can't remember how many percentage of users there are for Edge, but Edge is now a significant portion of the browser market, both mobile and uh, you know, desktop or laptop or whatever. Is it really, though? And now you have that nice Bing chat button on every single one of those, right? I thought it only went up by like 2%. Plus SwiftKey, but I don't know how many people use SwiftKey. Yeah, but people might be using it more if you can just tap, because you can access it just by tapping the, the right, Bing button. Right, and maybe they do. I just see, now, I think in all of this, I have not seen any of these things tell me, hey, 
why don't you try to switch to SwiftKey and and check this out on there? It might be even better. It, all of them have just told me, hey, Bing Chat has been upgraded, blah, blah, blah. Check out these new features. Like they don't they don't have me go to other products yet. So I'm kind of waiting for that. Uh, so yeah, you guys listening, make sure you watch it's May 10th. Be fun. Or not. Watch the rerun. Gonna be fun. Okay. <laughs> I mean, or you not. Can just watch or the not. 10 you know, whatever. Recap that somebody will inevitably put up, whatever. <laughs> or read or our live read blog. Or live blog post. There'd be a million ways for yes. you to, to ingest the information. Yeah, read our live blog. You don't have to go to YouTube. Just stay to AndroidCentral.com. You know what? We have everything you need to know without all the crap you don't. I will guarantee that we will make more jokes than Google. Probably. Um, okay, on that note, you all know what I'm going to ask you. What made you happy this past week? Me first, me first. I actually have go, a real go, thing. Go, go, go. I want to hear, I want to hear. My Pixel 6 stopped working, oh God, how many weeks ago? Three weeks ago. And it was not a big issue. It's the little cable that makes the screen work came halfway unplugged. I could shake it around and the screen would blink on and off. Eventually it stopped turning on at all and i let it go because i was afraid to take it apart i've seen videos of taking it apart and very experienced people broke the screen trying to take it apart and i don't have money to buy a new screen for a two-year-old phone i fixed it over the well late late monday night i finished it up and it works it's fine i got it apart and put back together without breaking the screen it wasn't easy these phones aren't designed to be easy to repair no matter what these companies tell you. They're lying, in other words. But I was able to do it. I was able to heat up, heat up the glue and stretch it apart. Got in there. Sure enough, just pressed and clicked it down in the connector, put it back together, and it works. It works. Are you gonna fine. write about it, Jerry? Are you gonna write about that? I, I was. I, I've written so many times about how difficult they are to repair, no matter what the companies say. I don't know. I might. I'm just going to leave it at that. I might. Depends on if it's slow. <laughs> I'm making a joke because next week's I.O. It's not going to be slow. <laughs> but uh, I was worried that I was going to break the screen. And I, I'm very unhappy with the other phone I was using because I need one that's, you know, current version of Android. And it was really bad and I hated it. And, you know, I don't necessarily love my phone, but... I sure like having software that works most of the time better than what I was using as an alternative. So I'm happy. I'm happy you're happy. Who wants to go next? Today is May the 4th. So, of course, I have to say something Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you, right? Oh, I thought you were going to say something nah, else, but nah, okay, nah, whatever. This is Star Wars Day. So I've, okay, okay, um, okay, okay. This year for Star Wars, I guess we'll call it month, right? Because that's what a lot of these things do. Um, Fortnite's event has been great. It's like 20 or 30 days long now. There's a whole bunch of stuff to unlock. It's way better than the previous years. And I really like all of the the extra force power stuff and whatever that they've added to the game. Like they just that game just gets better and better and better. And I freaking love playing it. Oh, well, <laughs> and, that's good. And it's funny because my son has gotten to the point now where it's way too competitive and it drives him insane and he doesn't want to play it anymore. So my wife and I just oh, play. No. So he goes to bed and we just stay up for like three hours and play Fortnite together. <laughs> it's great. Oh my it's gosh, that's so cute. You need to hook your son up with a rig where he can just practice, practice and get really good and just let him be super <laughs> that's, toxic. That's not his thing. If he's not good at it, he quits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to get better at it. He's getting better. He does violin and he's... 
he's finally getting over that hump of I don't want to practice, I don't want to practice. And now he's like, I think in the last just two weeks, he started being like, yeah, okay. I'm going to practice and I'm going to try to play this song and he'll listen to a song. He just played Zelda's Lullaby yesterday for the first time without any music sheet or anything. Just like, let me see if I can get this. And he got like the first, I don't know, 15 seconds of it, almost dead on. It was great. But that's the best part about video games is that you fail so many times and you just want to keep beating it. And then when you get it, you're like, yes. But I think, so for me, and I'm not going to go on a tirade, but. I grew up in the NES generation, okay? I grew up mm-hmm. with Mega Man kicking my butt, right? <laughs> you die a gazillion times in a Mega Man game when you're five or six years old or whatever, okay? He grew up on Minecraft. <laughs> Nothing basically kills you in Minecraft. I mean, yes, you can play survival. Well, this is this is where you. you need to put your son. This is where you need to put your son on older sure, games. Sure, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he's he's grown up with different types of games and he doesn't have that same uh, drive to, to want to play this again right. and again and again and again to get this one thing done. Mm-hmm. He just plays different stuff. It makes sense. Okay. Um, Andrew. Did you forget about me for a second? Yes, I did, actually. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, no, mine's, mine's game-related and... Definitely, it's Star Wars related. It's I got a I picked up Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Heck yeah! Fun. I have put about four or five hours into it so far, and it's really, really good. And I managed to get it working on my Steam Deck. Um, but I got I'm I have to I haven't had time to go back and start playing some more since the weekend. But that's part of what I plan on doing tonight. Good. Good. I'm excited. I love it. Tell me if it's any good. After you've played it for a hundred hours, not not now when you still love it. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> uh, okay, mine is gaming related as well. I mean, I've talked about this earlier during our team meeting. Um, uh, well, actually, first thing I have to mention: uh, tomorrow will mark one week until yes, Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda is released, and I have officially taken the day off. And I am excited to beat it. However, I made the grave mistake of downloading a new game, um, which has already taken over my life because it's so fun and it's so good. And I like I actually messaged Nick. What time did I message you last night? I think I messaged you at like 9 p.m. or something. I'm trying trying to remember what I was doing. I was at D&D when you messaged me. That's what it was. Yeah, I I messaged you at like 830 yesterday. It was it was past eight o'clock. I was just so excited (laughs) about this. Um, So I found this game on TikTok. It was this girl recommended it. And it's it's called The Cult of the Lamb. And um, it's essentially you're a little lamb and you get possessed. And there's two parts to it. The first part is you have to. Um, take care of your land and you have a, you have a following. So you, you're, you know, you're the cult leader and you get your followers to like do things like break down trees, build things, very animal crossing esque. You have to take care of the land. Like you have to like clear the area make it look pretty, build decorations, like all that really fun stuff. But how do you get followers? How do you get money? Like all that stuff. That's the second part of the game where you basically do um, these quests or dungeons, I guess, I don't know what it would be called in this game, um, where you would fight, um, you know, the bad guys, these little creatures and stuff like that. And, um, different paths lead you to, you know, getting new followers or whatever it is. And I just, I don't know. I have like, I'm sucked into it. I have put so, I, I don't know how many hours I put into Cause I started yesterday at like 6 PM 
and I'm I played until midnight. <laughs> so like I'm obsessed and I'm like worried because like I'm this is all I'm gonna do until Zelda comes out and then Zelda's gonna come out and then my life is gonna be ruined in a really good way. But I just I I'm yeah, I haven't felt like this in a while, so it's like it's exciting and it's fun. But um yeah, if you guys haven't played it, play it. It's a really fun game. And the graphics are very beautiful, very cute and beautiful. I forget the hack, but it's something you can do when when you know the the descent if you played it long enough to know what that is oh uh no i don't okay I, well they'll, they'll descent when they're not real happy with you yeah no no, no. yeah i i have okay. gotten to that part if yet. You, like i have gotten to that part if you hit it at a certain time when that's at, at the right place you have unlimited health no hunger unlimited faith <gasps> i need but to find this it, it's an exploit you have to Wait, have you played this game, Jared? Yeah, I beat that game. <laughs> oh my god, isn't it so fun? It, yes, it was until I learned how to exploit it, and then it stopped being quite as fun. But also, isn't it so cute? Well, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I it's like cute. the bloody it's... parts. <laughs> is that <Yeah>. okay? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I I think the lamb is really cute. It's 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 adorable. Anyways, um, okay. Well, on that note, um you know to our listeners thank you wherever you're listening whether it's in the morning afternoon or night thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us we really really appreciate it and until next time we'll talk to you guys later bye